from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Chris, apparently, according to reports, according to Sal Palantonio of ESPN, Chris, looks like the Carolina Panthers are still in the running for DeAndre Hopkins. Who do we need to call, Chris? Who do we need to call to make this happen right now? Well, I, I think right now uh, it's going to be Scott Fitterer who's going to be the one making all the calls. Scott, we know you're uh, listening. See if that could happen. Make it happen. But no, yeah, that uh, Sal Palantonio uh, was on ESPN Radio earlier today. Uh, he said it's a possibility. Actually, let's just let you play what he said, and we'll, we can react to it after that. Carolina's lurking. Cleveland is lurking for sure. But if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, do I want to go to Carolina with a rookie wide receiver? Do I want to go to Cleveland or do I want to go to New England where I can be coached by Bill Belichick? I might take Cleveland, actually. No, Max, you're not going to take Cleveland. So uh, he said rookie wide receiver. He meant to say rookie quarterback uh, and Bryce Young. Um, But those are the choices right now. Uh, We thought that the Patriots deal was going to get done a while ago. Hasn't gotten done. So we don't know what's going on with that. Uh, Cleveland. I guess for some people is maybe interesting and it may be, maybe the Carolinas is intriguing. I mean, people forget that he is D hop is from South Carolina. So, you know, who knows? He possibly grew up watching the Carolina Panthers, but here's something that's very interesting though, that I read on Twitter from uh, Joseph person. He's the Panthers reporter for the athletic. Mm-hmm. And he says this on Twitter regarding Deandre Hopkins. As long as Scott Fitter is here, Panthers will always monitor free agents who might be a fit, but this team, has more pressing needs at edge and cornerback. So while it is maybe a possibility and that Scott Fitterer is going to be in on every deal like he promised when he first came here, um, you know, Joseph Person basically believes that uh, unless something really sweet comes out of this deal and uh, for the Panthers and DeAndre Hopkins, that they'll probably go after a cornerback and a defensive end slash edge first before DeAndre Hopkins. But the fact that it's a possibility it's definitely exciting. Sure. Well, something sweet that would come out of the deal is you get DeAndre Hopkins. That's what's sweet that comes out of the deal, Chris. If you get him for cheap as well, you well, know, because he's probably going to want a little bit more money than the, than the Panthers want to pay and maybe a little bit longer term of a contract than maybe what the Panthers want to dish out right now. For sure. I, I, I get the money aspect of it. We're looking at, again, $27 million in cap right now. Okay, $27 million in cap right now. You could probably front load that deal so you get a lot of cap hit early in that contract. And you can still have the gears tacked on that you need to. And I'm telling you, Chris, this completely changes the outlook of that wide receiver core and the skill position because everyone else is on the um, everyone else's role on offense is going to change a little bit. As opposed to Adam Thielen being your de facto number one, you can go to being your number two. It's a lot less pressure on, on Terrace Marshall Jr. or Jonathan Mingo. We saw DJ Chark have another ankle surgery not too long ago, so we don't even know if he's actually really going to be ready to go come the start of the season. So you take a lot of pressure off some of your younger guys that you have at wide receiver because you have that number one threat out there. Again, that can change everyone else's role. I get you definitely need help at corner with Dante Jackson coming off the Achilles injury. J.C. Horn, you just don't know about his health. You just don't, uh, especially having injured his foot and ankle again uh, this offseason. So, yeah, questions at corner, somewhat opposite of Brian Burns. Those are also question marks as well. But that number one threat at receiver is also a major question mark. And if you can get Hopkins, make 
It happened. Scott Fitterer, Absolutely. I know you're listening. I know you're listening, uh, Scott. D- DJ, just happen. going back to what you said, DJ Chark uh, participated last week of OTAs and in yeah. minicamp, and he'll be ready uh, for the start of the season. He'll be fully healthy. and all. He's fully healthy now, um, and he came back. But, uh, but, no, I agree with you on all of that. Um, you know, it's I, I am of the belief that maybe the Panthers already have the number one on their roster, but it, that number one hasn't had a chance to blossom yet. But what what a great opportunity for them to all to bring in somebody who already is a number one, because that might take a year or two for that number one to blossom. Right. So uh, you may not get immediate returns in week one. And this is a franchise where the fans want the team to win. Now, they've been mired in mediocrity basically since uh, the middle of 2018 mm-hmm. when Cam Newton was injured at the Pittsburgh Steelers on that Thursday night. Uh, that is uh, just such a memorable night for a lot of Panthers fans. So I'm with you. If you can make it happen, make it happen. But uh, don't make it happen at the expense of re-signing key players like Brian Burns or maybe even a Frankie Louvre or whoever else that you need to eventually bring in to fill in some spots for some other players. Thank you. Make it happen. They can make it happen. They just they can make it happen. I promise you, they can make it happen. All right, before we'll dive more into the Carolina Panthers a little bit later on, but again, hearing that as a possibility is pretty awesome. Uh, the NHL draft is tomorrow, Chris, uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. Round one, they pick late. You know why? Because they're good. Uh, but they pick late on round one tomorrow. Rounds two through seven are on Thursday. But where we're going to see the Carolina Hurricanes really make news and headlines is with potential trades and we talked to Don Waddell you and I did just a couple of weeks ago and this is something he even addressed uh after after the season uh in his exit uh interviews with the media that they're gonna look to be active in the trade market before going into free agency the free agent class this upcoming year for the NHL is not very deep at all and the last thing you want to do is overpay I expect the Carolina Hurricanes to be active with trades and do not be surprised if tomorrow and Thursday we see a lot of movement with Canes. Yeah, and I was even maybe potentially expecting something to drop today. And it yeah. still, I guess, could drop today while we're on the show here. Um, but that's exactly what you said. You know, Don Waddell said that to us and uh, mentioned basically in the range of maybe four to seven new faces on the yeah. team potentially. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a very exciting week to see what happens. So stay tuned. Get your popcorn. Uh, there's going to be a lot of shifts happening with the Carolina Hurricanes coming up very soon. A lot of movement, a lot of turnovers, a lot of different things that are going to be happening. Which, by the way, we're getting into this a little bit later, later on. The NHL actually already announced its 2023-2024 schedule. So we have dates and all that kind of stuff already. It just was Love announced. It. So we'll dive Love into that a little bit. But we know the third thing, Chris, is that we know who our head coach is going to be for the Carolina Hurricanes, and that is Rob Brindamore. And it was a, 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 a farce. It was a shame yesterday <laughs> that he was only sixth in the Jack Adams Award for the best coach in the NHL this past season. I get it. The head coach from the Boston Bruins won it. I totally understand that. I'm not going to disagree with that at all. Jim Montgomery, congratulations. Your coach of the year, your Boston Bruins in the regular season, had the best regular season in NHL history. I get it. But name me five other coaches in the NHL that are better than Rob Brindamore. Go ahead. I'll wait. You know what this is? Hmm. This is this is the price you pay. Hmm. When you do stuff that is good over and over and over again, hmm. right? Ask LeBron James. Yeah. LeBron James probably should have 
maybe three or four more, maybe even five more MVPs to his name. He doesn't. Michael Jordan probably should have five more MVPs to his name. He doesn't. Think about just even down at your, at our level, Dennis, like Mm. what we do at our normal jobs. And we're not calling anybody out, but the awesome things you do on a regular basis, the awesome things I do on a regular basis that when somebody else does it, it's like, oh man, look at this one. They get all the praise and all that. It's like, wait a minute. I do this. I do this a lot. What are you talking yeah. about? Like I, I do this. So that's that's where Rod Brendamore now is uh, in the NHL. Like now, it's not a surprise that the Carolina Hurricanes are good. Now it's not a surprise that the Carolina Hurricanes are going to make these long runs into the playoffs. Now they're going to have to win uh, the whole thing for people to really start giving uh, Rod Brendamore his complete flowers. But I mean, you're, you're right. There aren't five coaches ahead of uh rod brennamore right now in the nhl just 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 there there isn't it, that those are facts but he's at that point where it's not impressive anymore because we've seen you do it for five years now i think that's the thing though is that it's impressive the fact that you are still doing it it's not a one-year thing or two-year thing it's yeah. even more impressive that you're doing it over a five-year stretch uh i hope i hope that rod brennamore gets the full recognition that he deserves not only as a coach but what he did as a player. Same. That guy needs to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and he needs to be in there yesterday is where he needs to be in. Career-driven individuals ready to unlock your potential? Discover William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Our classes are tailored for the working professional. Attend class on your terms with our online sessions and choose from various start dates throughout the year. Dive into a curriculum designed for success. Every class is a stepping stone that takes you closer to your career goals. Take one or more classes. It's in your hands. Elevate your career with William Peace University's School of Professional Studies. Dive deeper at williampeace.info SPS. Your journey begins here. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We know what the Carolina Hurricane schedule will look like for the 2023-2024 season. We're going to dig into that also. Mm-hmm. The NHL launching an inclusion coalition, and along with Connor McDavid being disappointed in one of the NHL's decisions. Dennis Cox, along with myself, Chris Lee, Graham Hill, uh, the one producing for us today. So, Dennis, uh, we just yep. got the drop just a few moments ago. So, breaking news. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we have it, uh, but... We have the Canes schedule right now. Uh, are you looking at it right now currently, Dennis? I am, and I was actually going back through it. And, of course, you look at it and you're like, all right, we get that home opener to start the season, Wednesday, October 11th against Ottawa, and then the State Fair is in town, and we're on the road for six straight. So it is <laughs> it's typical crazy, Carolina. Right? It's typical Carolina Hurricanes schedule. Um, I actually remember a few years ago they actually scheduled a Canes home game during – the state fair oh no did not work out it took me after working i was there after the game for an hour before i even tried to get in my car to leave i was still in the parking lot for another like two and a half three hours i'm sure there's some people out there listening probably thinking like yeah i was at that game too yeah good on not doing that ever again but we get the typical kane schedule where 
a lot of early season road games between October 11th, the season opener, and yes. November 11th, that first month of the season, only four home games. Four well. home games during that stretch. They also have a, a six-game road trip, a three-game road trip, and a pair of games on the road as well. So you're looking at 11 of 15 games in that first month of the season, all on the road. Here's so, something that enjoy. stood out to me. Canes uh, after along, dark early in the season. Yeah, along with the the, the early, you know, uh, being on the road uh, for, for the Carolina Hurricanes, one of the things that stood out to me, and I, I wanted to see what was going to happen with this, you know, North Carolina playing NC State on November 25th at Carter-Finley Stadium. I was wondering if they were going to schedule around that. The NHL definitely scheduled around yeah, that. So smart. that is really good. So uh, you have home games on November 24th and then home game on November 26th, uh, which is good. So now that you have that uh, that UNC and uh, NC State game kind of sandwiched in the middle. But then I'll, I'll go to the end of the season, and basically you end – the season four straight games on the road. And I would hope that the Canes already have the division kind of sewed up uh, by that point, because that's going to be tough to go on the road at Boston, uh, at St. Louis, uh, at Chicago, at uh, Columbus, and try to, you know, make sure that you're, you're sewing everything up and having uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the division in, in hand. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening, but uh, a lot of, a lot of road stretches, it's very home-friendly uh, towards the middle of the schedule. Beginning and end of the schedule, a lot of away games. I actually really appreciate the fact when it's late December through January and into February, well, you know, before we get daylight savings and all that, uh, or while, day, you know, while it gets dark at 5 o'clock, that we have home games as opposed to West Coast games because nothing yeah. stinks more when it's dark <laughs> at 5.30 and you got to stay up for a 10 o'clock puck drop. That's, oh. That is awful. That is the worst. And uh. Thankfully, we don't have to experience really anything like that really this upcoming season. So for that, I am grateful, Chris. I am I'm grateful, grateful, too. Here's something else that. to be grateful for as well, my man Dennis Jamel Cox. Mm -hmm. um, the NHL has decided to unveil, and this was announced today, an NHL player inclusion coalition. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a 20-member board uh, that's going to be chaired by former NHL players P.K. Subban and Anson Carter. Both of those guys, of course, are, are former players who are black uh, and also includes retired U.S. women's star Megan Duggan. Am I saying her name right? Sure. Okay. Uh, I didn't know if it's Duggan or Dugan. You know, some people have it, have it differently. Uh, she's currently playing. Uh, she's currently coaching with the New Jersey Devils. But um, right now, NHL, of course, uh, one of the, the sports that probably needs a little bit more diversity and a little bit more inclusion. Before we get to the next piece of that, that kind of adds on to that. First off, what are your initial thoughts on this happening as the NHL is trying to address its diversity issue? Well, it, it definitely does, and I think it starts with being able to have access for all play, like for, for, for people. You yeah. know, as a, as a four- or five-year-old kid, all I need is a basketball to start playing, you know? All I need is just a, a soccer ball to start playing at a young age. Yeah. But to be able to get ice time, skates, equipment, all that stuff, it's expensive. And also just finding a sheet of ice to skate yeah. on. It's not yeah. easy. It's not easily accessible for a lot of people. So if you want to build in terms of diversifying the people that are involved in your sport, you have to have access for people. And that really is the Absolutely. biggest thing. And, you know, one of the things, too, just uh, I'm glad that we're at a space where we're understanding how things in our past do impact what, what happened now. Mm -hmm. Right. 
because this is all we're doing is just reckoning with things that happened in the past where sports were used to kind of help segregate uh, people. That's why you have uh, you had a lot of pools beforehand, like back when my parents were young kids that were mostly on the white side of town and black folks weren't allowed to be a part of those uh, to be inside of those pools. Right. So historically. Uh, in the United States of America, you don't have a lot of black swimmers. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why that sport doesn't have as much diversity as it probably could because of that access. And so uh, it'll be very interesting. One of the books I actually am going to crack open, I just ordered, is the the Black Ice book that talks about the origins of hockey uh, with black folks from Nova Scotia. So I, I'm, I'm really interested in reading that, Dennis, and uh, potentially talking about that with you as well. Uh, sometime on the air mm -hmm. or culture state, whenever we can. But to go along with that inclusion coalition, of course, we've talked about theme nights uh, that the NHL has had from anything from cancer night to military night yeah. to pride night. And um, in the past, uh, there have been a few different individual players and maybe even some fan bases that have been against pride night specifically. Uh, and so because of that, because of the, the pushback from it, uh, the NHL has decided to get rid of the theme night jerseys uh, in, in, in general. Like, they're still, still yep. going to have the theme nights, but as far as the players having to wear the jerseys uh, during warm-ups or anything like that, they've gotten rid of that. Connor McDavid, who is the Hart Trophy uh, winner for this year, plays for the Oilers, he's disappointed at. He mm -hmm. says that um, you would think that, you know, it, it, this would be a, a, a time where the NHL could kind of get behind these initiatives a little bit more. Uh, but he says that he's a little bit disappointed uh, in that, uh, that the, the jerseys are going to be taken away. And he feels like the Oilers and his, his team feels like they are, they're behind everything themselves. I think this, it, it, it's the NHL dropping the ball. You know, again, yes. these, these practice, or sorry, these warm-up jerseys, they're worn just during warm-ups. So not everyone in the audience is there uh, during warm-ups. A lot of people are trickling in when the national anthem is playing, which is fine. But what teams do with these jerseys, whether it's Military Appreciation Night, Pride Night, Hockey Fights, Cancer, whatever it is, they take these jerseys and they auction them off. And then they take yes. the money from those auctions and donate it to, those, to, to funds related to that night. Whether it's uh, Military Appreciation Night might go to, for example, something along the lines of a Wounded Warrior Project yes. or something like that. Or Hockey Fights, Cancer might go to St. Jude's, something along those lines. So not saying that's where they tie to specifically, but those are just examples of what they possibly could donate money to. So the the fact that the NHL is scrapping these, let's be honest, there are some players who go out there choose, like, you know what, I don't want to wear the jersey during warm-ups for, for Pride Night. And that's the only one that we hear headlines for in terms of people not or players not wanting to wear jerseys for. They want to they you know, exercise their right to say, you know what, this goes against what I believe, and that's that's their decision. That's totally fine. But for the league to just completely scrap it as a whole, I think is a bad look in general. Now I know a lot of other leagues don't do, don't do this kind of stuff, but this is where hockey can be special and unique, in my you opinion. know, you are one hundred percent correct with that. I said this on Friday with Paul that uh, this is the NHL bowing down to homophobia, right? Like people spoke up about their homophobia, and now they scrapped everything. Yeah. And, and that's where it's like, you know, you need to put your foot down on something and say, no, we are going to, to do this and you can decide to not participate if you don't want to participate. But the ones who participate, maybe there's some type of incentive for you to help participate in this. And, um, you know, and I had to make the comparison just like cancer night, just like 
uh, you know, the military night. Mm -hmm. All people are saying on a, on a pride night is, hey, we recognize that there are people who are a part of the LGBTQ community who are in our stands, mm -hmm. maybe even in our locker rooms and maybe afraid to come out, maybe also within our uh, front offices. And we're just saying we understand and we see your struggle. We see that there are times in your life that you can be discriminated against just because of who you love or how you identify. And we are just using this small, simple gesture to say that we are behind you and you are welcomed here. That is it. Nobody's pushing anything on you or your family. And I think people take those small things way too far uh, in, in wanting to, uh, you know, decide to go against an entire league uh, based off of one particular night. I, I don't understand that whatsoever. Yeah, those nights are still going to exist. But again, the practice jerseys are, are going to be gone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.